But here's here's what I wanted to talk about before we got into the uh, NFL divisional breakdown. Baseball is coming, and uh, you know I I love doing my fantasy baseball, even though I don't win. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm going to reverse that trend. I'm on a hot streak, dude. I've been like Charlie Sheening all you know fantasy season long, minus the HIV. So um, I am I am thinking that I'm going to win the fantasy baseball league this year. Come uh, on, Victor. Come on. Come on. You know, hey, hey, why, hey, do you, hey. why, why, do you, why do you do that to yourself? Why do you do that to yourself? You suck in baseball. I keep telling you that. You suck in baseball, man. Ladies and you know, gentlemen, I want you to you're, you're afraid to take chances in baseball. And a lot of chances I've taken, uh, a lot of chances you should have taken, you stick to traditional stuff, and it killed you every freaking year that I've been in your league. Every freaking year. Well, listen, that's going to change. That's going to change. Okay. This year, uh-huh. This year, I'm going to win and win big. You have very bad, um, and, I, and I'm telling you this, and I've told you this since uh, you've asked for my advice on baseball years back before I got I actually got into your league. Your um, mom's advice, not yours, your mom's. No, 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 no. And, I, and I've told you <laughs> extremely, 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 and, and, and I say this, uh, I shouldn't say affectionately, but I say this as a friend. You are bad in foreseeing the future of players, uh, projecting well, what players. You are extremely bad in that. Um, players and, I've told you about, you told me I was full of garbage, and they panned out. I'm telling you, 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 you stick to football. Stick to football. <laughs> okay. Because you're not a bird baseball person. And how many how many years we've been talking about fantasy baseball, and how many years? Have you been going straight down the tubes every every no. season? No, 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 no. Last year I didn't go straight down the tubes. Last year I didn't finish in the bottom half, and I I've won a few baseball uh, leagues, When's just the last, not the ones. Look at my Yahoo. Look at my Yahoo. Look at my Yahoo profile. It's been When's a while. Last, thank you. That and that's exactly How, what I'm saying. Whatever, however, whatever. Whatever karma you had and whoever you had in the league, um, the the, the uh, newer members of the league, I hate Don't to say disperse. it, including myself. Don't disparage. Wait a minute, I'm just telling you the truth. The the newest members in the league versus the ones that when you when you did win, win the leagues have a better baseball IQ in projecting players than you have. That's why you've been finishing what you're finishing. And I hate I hate to say it like that. But but I'm calling call it like it is. Calling it like you it is. You know what? Just because you did that, I'm going to go to my fantasy profile real quick and see the last time I finished in the top three of fantasy baseball. Just because. Now, this is all script. We weren't supposed to go here, but we're going to go here. Okay. Here's your ego. Baseball. But that's okay. 2000, no, 2015, I finished mm-hmm. second. Okay. Second, mm-hmm. so you know you can take that, put it in your pipe, I, and smoke was I, was it. I that, was I in that league? I don't think I joined that league. Did I? 
Well, it doesn't matter. Bottom line is, I finished second. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, what about... Well, let, me, let me ask you something, Victor. Um, And I, I can't recall the first year I, I've been in that league. It's got to be like four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Prior to 2015... I apologize. That's the wrong date. <laughs> Thank you. Shut up. Thank you. Shut up. What, what's, about, the true date? what's the true date? Well, I'm, I'm looking it up now because I just broke it down. I was looking at the Pickums, which was wrong. Okay. Okay. The last time, yeah, 2015, I finished fifth. That, that fifth was out of, the uh, out of 14. Five out of 14. So I made the playoffs, but I okay. didn't uh, advance. The highest I've ever finished in baseball. And I'm looking at it right now. Is second in 2006, um, third third in 2007. Because I, I, I had a good run. I had a good run um, okay. when I started playing fantasy baseball um, in 2001. I, and I'm going from 2001 and up. Okay, mm-hmm. four six four two. Six nine 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 fifteen three, and then it's gone downhill since then. But it's, yeah, okay. And I think but, I think <laughs> since it's gone down, since then is when I uh, when I joined the league. But I'm not. But I'm but I'm not just bragging. I'm just stating the facts. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, again, last year, last year I had a rebound year. I, I hit fifth. Was I in there? No, you weren't in there. However, okay. however. Okay. However, okay. I'm, I'm okay. taking you down to Chinatown this this year. I just want to mm-hmm. put that out mm-hmm. there, let, to, just to let you know. And you're right, football is my. I, I admit it, football is my biggest, you know, you money maker. Well, listen, even, even before you I suck got in the football. League, wait a minute, no, I don't. Don't even go there. <laughs> I've won. Yes, I've, you do. Don't even go there. I've won your league twice. What I think once in Yahoo and twice in, in ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, you're smoking. You're smoking drugs. You're trying to stay warm in that cold, frigid New Jersey area. Okay. Well, just let it let it be known, ladies and gentlemen. Let it be known. But you're the champ. That's right. The champ is here, okay. and the champ is going to begin uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, I don't know why you. Torture yourself like that, but that's okay. Why? Why, why do you gotta treat me like that? We, you I, I didn't even talk. I, did I talk yeah. about your running back rankings yet? Did I talk about them yet? We will. Well, but did, did I you, talk did about you, your running back rankings? Did you listen to my commentary on last week, uh, the show last week? And, and when I, I did not. I, this, I, well, see, see, you should listen to what I have. I said last last week about. What I consider my bread and butter uh, uh, in evaluating running backs and my projections and, and how they wound up, um, um, I dog myself out uh, because the fact is I pride myself on that, and the fact is that, uh, they were absolutely horrible, absolutely well, horrible. I didn't get a chance to dog you out. Well, I did. Uh, I I did receive the invitation. However, I was unable to do so. Uh, Due to extracurricular activity, since my uh, since my anniversary was that following Happy day. Happy belated anniversary! 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. However, um, now it's my turn to dog you out. It's my turn right. to put you in. Go it's right all ahead. Right. I, well, it's not just yet. Not just yet. But it will happen, just to let you know. It will happen. But let's talk about the divisional playoffs. Um, Sure. Last week, week we had uh, four pretty good games, man. Four very good games, actually. Whereas we saw two Hail Marys in one game. Uh, Never never seen that. Yeah, you know. Converted Hail Marys, I should say. Um, We saw... A defensive battle where I didn't think it was going to be a defensive battle at all with um, Denver and the Steelers. I didn't think that was going to be a defensive battle at all. But a lot of drop balls uh, by the Denver Broncos can't do that this week. Um, we also saw, and I was completely surprised at how Carolina put up 31 points in the first half against Seattle. Jonathan Stewart rushes for 100 yards. First play to do so against Seattle in, what, 23 games? Um, And then finally, the Chiefs mismanage a game that they actually should have and could have won, but they did not win. So it is what it is. We're down to Denver versus the Patriots. Before we go there, before we go there, I want to comment, you comment, and I wanted to comment on two of those four games. First of all, and 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 um, my wife can attest to this because I watched the game, her her and I watched the game together, and I kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. I said the Patriots' defense is not that good. Not at all. The Patriots' defense, I can't believe how uh, uh, – Kansas City is playing because the Patriots' defense is not that good. And if not for – and I, I, two two instances, I, I don't know which was more impactful than the other, uh, but if not for – and I'll say this one of the, the other games too. If not for the fumble by uh, um, Niall Davis, which I kept telling my wife that they shouldn't have this guy in there because just what happened, happened. If I'm not mistaken, it was Niles Davis who fumbled the ball. Um, and the uh, Patriots picked it up, and it helped them score their uh, final touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, or, or field goal, whatever it was. Um, and uh, Tom Brady almost got picked off late in that game, but a, a lucky bounce going to uh, Julian Edelman to help him pick up the first down. Uh, yep. And the, and, and the mismanagement of Andy Reid in, in the in time Reference and I, I have to give a blame to the quarterback and Alex Smith that the Patriots could have easily lost that game. On, on the other AFC game, seemed like running backs didn't have a good week uh, this past week, especially in the AFC, because what happened with the um, running back in uh, Toussaint, if I'm not mistaken, was running the ball, not Toussaint, but um, um, yeah, it was, it was Fitzgerald Toussaint. I'm sorry. That was running the ball and happened to fumble uh, a drive away that I would believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were really not having that much of a problem, especially late in the game, of moving the football, especially in the air, would have possibly gone ahead and and Denver uh, would have probably 
probably lost that game, but you'll never know. Um, then the AFC um, could have been all topsy-turvy, and you wouldn't have had the Broncos and the Patriots playing each other again. Um, it's ironic that two two running backs had instrumental um, guffaws, I should say, in helping the uh, opposing team uh, hold on to the football or keep uh, turn over the football and help them to win. Uh, so even though the Patriots um, got to to the to the uh, championship final, I'm not feeling them past here. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about that, but I have to talk had to talk about those two because I think the circumstances uh, in both those games um, really both teams that won were extremely fortunate um, and be, in the play of the visiting team. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I know you want to talk about these these four mat these two matchups, I should say, the NFC and well, the AFC. Well, I do, but we can build up to it. And uh, let's start with the Patriots Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, now, as you said, Ooh. well, as you said, you know, Alex Smith and uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, they looked okay. You know, then you had turnovers. And then, for whatever reason, uh, Edelman decided to catch the ball. Um, Gronk, to my surprise, wasn't a major factor in the beginning of the game. You know, he got, I believe, two touchdowns, but yep. they had to work the ball to him, uh, and he wasn't a big factor. Um, big factor, also, man. Also, well, what I mean by that. What I mean by that is he didn't receive but a few targets. And I didn't think that, you know, he would get as few targets as he did. Uh, with that being said, the Patriots barely ran the ran the ball. And I mean barely ran it. And I didn't expect that either. I expected the Patriots to, to hammer Steven Jackson and use White a little more than what they did. Um, it didn't happen, but uh, the bottom line is Kansas City had several opportunities to win uh, that game and score. Now, if you listen to the current and new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who was just a week ago the offensive coordinator for Kansas City, he says they did not want to leave time on the clock for Tom Brady to have the ball. Now you're down two scores. Yep. You're down two scores. And yep. you're clearly moving the ball on the Patriots defense. You get yep. in. And now instead of having maybe put your defense on the field to make a few stops and get the ball back, you have a wing and a prayer on an onside kick. Okay. Doesn't work. Then on a third down and I believe seven or eight, a ricocheted ball off of Gronk's hands bounced right into the hands of Julian Edelman and the game's over. And all that time that you let slip off the clock hurts you. Um, now, I believe Spencer Ware um, didn't play much no, no, no. Ken, uh, Sir Kendrick West didn't play much 
because he was injured uh, during the week. And Andy Reid decided just to go with uh, with Niles and and the other guy. Uh, well, but before you go any further, before you go any further, I, I, mm-hmm. I have to um, correct you on that, Victor. I hate to do this, but Jacandrick okay. West had the majority of the carries. He had 17 carries for 61 yards, and he just scored the only touchdown rushing that the Kansas City Chiefs had. Now Davis only carried the ball six times. Um, Ware was the one that was injured. Got it. Yes. Yes. I knew it was I, – I couldn't remember exactly which one, but thank you for the correction. Um, but, you know, that that's the difference in that game, whereas you can't utilize all three – all three of of those backs in your system, you had a hobbled and and somewhat ineffective Jeremy Mack. Now Jeremy, he came out there, he played, he caught several passes, but two passes, you know, he had, had three targets. Yes, but he was on the field to give that threat, and Conley uh, stepped up along with Smith. Smith made a couple good. Uh, catches as well. He also had a couple drops. Um, but enough. You must be talking about Avant. Jason Avant oh, came oh, up oh, big. Well, Avant did play and and have good catches, but Smith is the one that caught touchdown the the, the touchdown, and he had a couple of key catches. Wilson Smith, whatever. I'm not a can. Well, well you're, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I I just said you're right. Ah, I'm just want to make sure you get it right. Well, you know, I got I got the strap and the money, so I'm right. Anyway, uh, bottom I have nothing on my fantasy team, but but <laughs> but however, the one player that I thought would get in the end zone, and they tried, they tried several times. Hmm. Travis Kalise. Now, I don't know if Kelsey, 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 whatever, Kelsey, Kelsey, you know, I have problems with that dude's name. So Travis Kelsey was targeted three times in the end zone. Stop laughing. Uh, I can't help. Was was targeted. Well, he was targeted three times in the end zone and all three times the ball was thrown way over his head now. And it was thrown in traffic. Nonetheless, um, but the, that's that's the game plan for a a Kansas City team, you know, especially without a running game. Now, um, well, effective running game. Do I think having Jamal Charles at that point would have been a um, you know a better option for them? I think they would have ran more screens had Jamal been in there. Um, but of course, he's gone for the season, or was gone for the season with his injury. But excuse me, I, I don't think that um, Kansas City. And I said this before: I don't think Alex Smith can take you to the Super Bowl. Alex Smith can get you close, but not over. And some of those passes that he threw, in my opinion, um, showed that. Again, if they had. Jamal Charles, you would have seen maybe 30 screens in that game. Maybe. Um, So, in my opinion, just like you said, I think the Patriots were very, very 
fortunate to advance to this game against uh, Denver. Um, since you already talked about that, we're going to go straight to the Denver-Pittsburgh uh, game. Um, again, paid Manning ineffective. But at least this time, Jerry, and you can agree or disagree with me, but in my opinion, it's not because, you know, Peyton couldn't get him the ball. It's because Peyton had seven or eight drop passes that he wasn't that effective. And, again, I, I tell you, the running back that should be running the ball for Denver is C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson is built for that type of weather. He's built for that type of game. Smash mouth straight ahead. Don't cut. Just, you know, follow your block and hit that hole and go. Now, again, I did not think this was going to be a defensive struggle. Peyton Manning clearly should have had over 300 yards passing and maybe one or two more touchdowns or whatever the case may be. But um, I did not expect Denver's defense to put up a fight the way they did. I mean, not Denver's defense, uh, Pittsburgh's defense to put up a fight the way they did. Uh, It's rough on Peyton because, again, he has to rely on a fumble caused by DeMarcus Ware on on, uh, on Toussaint, um, the running back. Because all the momentum, and you said it earlier, Jerry, all the momentum was swinging in Pittsburgh's favor. Everything. You know, offense, defense, special teams. I did not expect Marcus uh, Martavius Bryant, Marcus Whedon, to do what they did. Now, I did tell you guys last week, look out for, for Sammy Coates. Sammy had one or two drops, but Sammy came up big for Pittsburgh, and that was key. So, uh, with that being said, I I thought Denver's secondary was the best secondary um, in the AFC, but after watching what Ben did to him, with with guys that haven't produced all year other than Antonio Brown, I'm a little worried going into this game between Denver and uh, and, and the Patriots. So we're at this point now, Jerry. Break down the game. Okay. I saw some, some statistics here, and, and unfortunately, I got the statistics on the uh, Patriots-Broncos uh, uh, matchups over the years, and I don't have uh, as much as that on the Panthers and Cardinals, but this is what I got. Um, the Pats haven't won a playoff game, uh, a, a road playoff game, since 2006. Brady is 6-8 and eight against the Broncos. Peyton Manning? In a conference championship game, in his career, is three and one, and the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, are five and one in playoff home games. So, the Patriots are the favorite here, and I don't, I don't see it. Now, I, I we had talked about this on the um, FSP Crew Show on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Jeff and I, and uh, uh, we were on opposite sides of the spectrum in the AFC Championship. Jeff picked the uh, pa- uh, Patriots who are favored by two or three points, I picked the Broncos because I can't see what other people are seeing that the Patriots are going to win this game. I know that Tom Brady, before I even gave you these statistics, doesn't do well against the uh, Broncos. 
Um, and they have one of the best defenses and one of the best pass rushes in all of football. Um, and uh, I, I'm surprised he, he lost to Brock Osweiler in 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 Denver earlier in this in this past season. Uh, now you got Peyton Manning. People are saying Peyton Manning didn't play that well. Well, I watched the whole excuse me like the whole game like a lot of other people. And so-called experts said. Peyton Manning velocity on the ball, his accuracy or whatever, um, wasn't there. Well, like you had said and I had said earlier, they had a lot of drops in there, and his yardage and probably production would have been a lot better, save uh, uh, for the drops of different receivers and in um, running back, if I'm not mistaken. So they're playing in Denver. They're coming off of a, a, a bye last week, and they played against a, a, a Pittsburgh defense who really rose to the occasion against a struggling Denver uh, uh, offense, um, especially when the forte of uh, Pittsburgh, is, was their best thing in the defense was the defense against the run. I said it earlier when I was tell- talking to you about the uh, matchup between the Patriots and the Chiefs. The Patriots defense, in my opinion, is not that good. And the Chiefs, in their play, helped the Patriots look that good on the defensive side of the ball. Well, the Patriots can be run on a lot. And strong suit of Peyton is play action. So they're going to run the ball with C.J. Anderson and a mix of uh, um, uh, Ronnie Tillman, or Ronnie Hillman, I should say. And, uh, uh, and then Peyton's going to do his play action. And I expect the receivers... Um, who are, I think, led the league in drops this year, are going to do a lot better than they did last week. Regardless of what the odds are, regardless of uh, what who's the point, who's the favorite here, um, I got to pick the Denver Broncos to get past the uh, New England Patriots. I, 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 I just don't see it. History says that Tom Brady doesn't play well against the Broncos. History says Peyton Manning um, performs in – uh, conference championship games. So I like the uh, the um, Denver Broncos. I'm going against the, uh, uh, the consensus here of a lot of so-called experts thinking that Peyton Manning won't play well. Uh, the quick passing game of the Patriots uh, are going to overcome what the um, Denver, Denver uh, uh, pass rush and, and up backside defense can do. Um, but you can only do that but so far, and I'm pretty sure Wayne, um, um, the defensive coordinator of, of the Denver, who has played against Tom Brady quite a few times, is going to come up with a few things to try to offset that short passing game. So I'm I'm going for the Broncos here, um, and I think they should be underdog. They should be a slight favorite. I agree that Denver should win this game. Tom Brady has not done well in Denver. Uh, I think he has like a two and six record against uh, the Denver Broncos in Denver. Um, The thing is this, if Gary Kubiak comes out and tries to establish the run game with Ronnie Hillman, it's going to cause a problem for the Denver offense. You need a power back to smash and dash up the middle. Because remember, Gerard Mayo is not playing. Their starting middle linebacker is out 
for this game. That doesn't bode well for New England. Um, at least he said to be out. I don't know if he's going to be out or not, but he said to be out. Um, and you need a big bruising back. Now, I don't know what happened with Vernon Davis. I don't know why Green is, you know, overtaking Vernon Davis and Vernon Davis is like number three on a depth chart at tight end. But this would be a game where he could actually expose that uh, secondary because Devin McCourtney nor Patrick Chung can cover Davis. Now, can they cover Owen Daniels? Yeah, because Owen Daniels isn't as fast as Davis. Can they cover Green? Yes, but Green can, you know, box out pretty much uh, uh, like a basketball player. But the speed of Vernon Davis is a total mismatch against either safety or linebacker for the New England Patriots. So hopefully they get him involved. Now, let's look at the corners. Malcolm Butler will get smoked like a Philly blunt if he tries to cover uh, our boy, uh, not Antonio Brown, um, Saunders. My baby. If he tries. No, no, no. Oh, you mean Saunders. Saunders. Oh, you're talking about yeah. on the Saunders. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't recall the other corner's name for New England, but Bebe is going to just outbody him. The thing is this. If you looked at last week's game, you saw that Denver has an issue protecting the quarterback. What does that mean? Peyton's going to have to keep a running back or a tight end in to help pass block. They're going to have to because that 3-4 hybrid of a, of a defense for uh, New England is going to come after him. That's why it's important, in my opinion, for Denver to slam the rock down the middle of the gut of New England with with, uh, C.J. Anderson. Because if they try to run outside, as Ronnie Hillman does, he's the outside runner, it's going to be futile. I really think it's going to be futile because they're so fast on the outside. Rob Ninkovich, he can crash down to uh, pass – I mean, to rush the passer, he can also crash down to tackle the um the dag on a, a running back or whoever it is out the backfield. And on the backside, you got Chandler Jones, who may or may not be playing. You know, I think he had a little issue, but um, with his leg, foot, or whatever it is, but uh, I think he's going to play. But you need to run directly at New England. With C.J. Anderson, Gary Kubiak, I hope you're listening. I really do. Because if you want Peyton Manning to be successful, as I see him being against Tom Brady at home, you run that rock a lot. Tell your receivers to have a lot of hand warmers in because they're not going to get the ball too many times in this game. You, you, You let Peyton throw the ball maybe 25 to 30 times. But for the remainder of your possessions, you run the ball. I don't care if you do an end around with with Saunders or Bebe or or, or uh, these other young wide receivers that uh, played this past weekend, Caldwell and 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 I can't remember the other kid's name, but you get Vernon Davis out there on a corner. Let him let a corner try to cover him. 
right? You let a corner try to cover Vernon Davis. You put um, Saunders in the slot where he usually plays anyway. You put Bebe on the opposite side of him, and you run the rock with CJ. And you make this uh, Patriot secondary cover them and leave that inside uh, running attack to win this game for you. Because, again, Sneed is a good defensive tackle. He is uh, for, for the Patriots. However, when he penetrates, he normally penetrates to his left, which is uh, Peyton's right. So that means the A-gap to the left is wide open. That's one-on-one, C.J. Anderson and the middle linebacker. Again, Gerard Mayo's not playing. So I'm as an offensive coach, that's what I see. That's exactly what I see. Um, how does how do the Patriots win this game? The Patriots win this game by using Steven Steven Jackson. Last week they came out and threw the ball a lot. This week they need to come out and run Steven Jackson into the ground. It's going to be snowing. It's going to be cold, and Denver's interior, they're not that bad, but they can be ran on. They can. They can be ran on. And if you take a a big bruising back such as Steven Jackson and you put him in there and you you smash that ball, it's going to pay dividends later on. Now, what I see Belichick doing, taking White, Edelman and all these other guys doing a lot of screen passes and and bubble passes. Only thing I can tell you on that is you've got uh, Akeem Talib who's diagnosed some of these passes. So that tells me you're going to have to have um, Ward come over the top and help. Because if you put Ward on Gronk, Gronk's going to win. Gronk's going to win. TJ can chop him at the knees and do all this other stuff, but I think Ward uh, would lose that one-on-one matchup versus Gronk. And, and of course, that's what, you know, Brady's going to look for. And about Brady uh, being a crybaby, I think it was Antonio Smith, a former uh, Houston Texan, who said this uh, early in the week that, Brady's a crybaby, and he's looking for uh, calls. He's right. Brady didn't deny it either. He said he's going to do whatever it is he needs to do for his team. Here's the problem, and this is very vivid in my uh, head because I can just see it. Um, Tom Brady running, scrambling around, running around. Ed Reed is coming you know, to to tackle him. Tom Brady slides baseball style with his cleats knee high. Okay? Knee high and he hyperextends Ed Reed's knee. Again, we're talking about terrific Tom here. Sliding cleats knee high hyperextends Ed Reed's knee and Ed finishes the game, whatever, but I thought that was a dirty slide, especially 
from a guy that complains about somebody at his knees. Um, I don't think that uh, talking to the refs or or planting the seed in the refs' head at the time is, is, is a crybaby a necessarily good thing because, one, it's going to bring attention to what you and the defensive players plan to do to Tom Brady. And two, uh, Tom Brady's going to complain regardless. If you breathe on him, he's going to complain. If you, you know, get anywhere near him, a flag is thrown. Uh, And there was a bad call. I think it was a bad call on – it wasn't uh, Justin Houston. I can't remember who it was. I think it was number 54 for Kansas City. CBS slowed down a late hit call that Tom Brady got. Had they played it at regular speed, the audience would have saw that the guy took one step and leaped at Tom Brady. But yet, CBS slowed the footage down when they played it back for the, the viewing audience, and it seemed like it was a long time before the defender hit Brady after Brady had thrown the ball. He can't control completely where his 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 body's going to lay. And if you notice, land, and if you notice, if you recall what I'm talking about, Jerry, Tom Brady already starts to go down when this dude is flying at him. So it looks a lot worse than it actually was, and he gets a drive continuing roughing the passer uh, penalty. And Kansas City stopped him at that point. But he he got the call. So I'm going to tell you, Denver's defense, they're going to try to hit him. They're going to try. The problem is, will the referees try to protect Tom Terrific? I don't know. Are they going to do the same thing for Peyton? Because Peyton is just as good and valuable as Tom is. And at least we know what Brock Osweiler can do if something happens to to uh, to uh, Manning. Garoppolo played – no, Garoppolo didn't even start one game because Brady's suspension was overturned. This would be a bad time to have to put Garoppolo in to uh, take your team to the Super Bowl. And I honestly think Denver's linemen are going to try to put Brady out the game. And that's why Antonio Smith planted that seed. But that's just my opinion. What are your thoughts? Well, I told you I like Um And I, I, I try no, no, to no, break it down as I'm much ta- as I can. No, no, I'm talking about the Tom Brady crying and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you see it, and it's more magnifying because it's Tom Brady, but all all these uh, professional athletes all all try to, especially in football. Um, well, this is highlighted right now. Um, try to get that upper hand with the referees to uh, gain an advantage, whether it's on uh, defense or offense. And quite naturally, it's more magnified because it's the quarterback and it's Tom Brady that he's going to try everything he can, just like he says, to get an edge and to help his team win. Uh, so, do I say that? Uh, he gets more of a pass, or so to speak, than most. I see. I see that all the time. I mean, 
you see other quarterbacks um, that get hit and may not get the call, but the same hit gets is done to Tom Brady, and you see the call come. Um, uh, you see the call being made. So, is it fair? No, but that's part of the game. And he, and most teams who come up against the Patriots have to try to overcome uh, things that uh, may happen in favor of the uh, Patriots and quite naturally uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I, I I think he because he knows that he's uh, going to get the benefit of doubt when it comes to a call, then he's going to uh, appeal to a referee to try to get that call. And a lot of times it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, if it's close, most of the time, uh, like I said, he gets the benefit of doubt and he gets that call. Unfortunately. Yes, he does. True. So um, we both picked Denver in this game. So let's move over to uh, the NFC. And let's talk about the the game to me that was the shocker. The shocker of the game was the way uh, the Carolina Panthers, who are fifteen and one, people forget that I certainly did when I saw that score, um, came out to a thirty-one to nothing uh, lead on no, excuse me, thirty-one, yeah, thirty-one nothing on um, on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle then found um, a way to get back in the game. Russell Wilson hit Lockett, and Lockett was very good at catching the ball, getting in bounds, and and Curse, Curse surprised uh, me. Three touchdowns, almost 200 yards receiving. Um, but the thing is, I I just didn't believe how Jonathan Stewart could be so effective. Now, he also had one large run, I mean, a very large run to begin the game to help him get to the 100-point uh, or 100-yard total. Um, I don't know why or how Seattle was not ready for, for the Panthers. We've talked about in the past, and this is something you harp on a lot, JT, that Seattle is not a good road team, especially the East Coast. But I did not expect to see a 31 nothing lead. Final being like, what, uh, 20, what, 24-31 or 24-34, something like that. Um, but they completely were outclassed in the first half and then flip-flopped in the second half. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was a non-factor. And I do believe that that's the last game you're going to see Marshawn Lynch wearing a Seattle Seahawks youth uniform and maybe even playing football. I, I honestly think that Marshawn Lynch is probably like, look, I got my money. I'm going to go back to Oakland and hang out with the homies. But it is what it is. Um, but what are your thoughts on that game and, and how it ended up? Because if not for for uh, New not New Orleans uh, Carolina taking their foot off the pedal and playing a softer defense, um, I think maybe just maybe you know Seattle doesn't get over ten points in that game. 
But of course, they played a softer defense. They played more, uh, and stuff that. And Russell Wilson picked them apart, and they got in the end zone. But what are your thoughts? Thoughts of this? It didn't surprise me what what uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, did. Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, is number two um, in most points scored um, this season. Their offense, not not total points, but points a game uh, behind the um, um, Arizona Cardinals. Now, and I looked at the last. You realize uh, since uh, their week nine bye, starting from week 10 and ending in week 17, where they played Arizona twice, and that's key because they played Arizona twice, um, they only played, including Arizona twice, three teams, three teams that had a winning record. They played Arizona twice, and once in week 10, and the other in week 17, they lost to Arizona in week 10. Um, in week 11, they played San Francisco. Week 12, that's another winning team in Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh. Week 13, they played Minnesota. Uh, they won that one. And, and, uh, um, and then from week 14 to week 16, they played Baltimore, Cleveland, and St. Louis. And they lost against St. Louis. Um, they, they won... Three out of they were they won three games out of um they played let me put it this way they like I said they played three teams that had a winning record and um out of the last games from week ten to week seventeen now in my opinion they were playing on borrowed time because the fact is uh uh they should have not even gotten past Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota gave them that game, and they barely won that game 10-9. to Carolina, they played in Carolina. I didn't think they would win, but I didn't think they, that Carolina would be up 31 to nothing come halftime. Carolina um, put, the, put, the, put the brakes on for, for the most part in the second half, and it almost came to bite them in the butt. I don't think um, Seattle would, was, was going to win that game. And uh, they just had a softer schedule, uh, and it made them look more than what they were. Uh, Russell Wilson took advantage of that quite naturally, and so did the wide receivers. Better defense. Out of all those defenses, the best defense they, that, they, that they played was against Arizona. Um, uh, that was besides besides St. Louis, which is a division rival, and they always have problems with St. Louis. Uh, whether it's one way, they always have problems with St. Louis. So... They played a defense at home that was rested versus the defense uh, uh, that they had to, to, to travel with for the second road game. Didn't like them. Uh, Carolina always had played them tough, uh, and I didn't expect anything else, uh, to tell you the truth. So uh, I was that they came back like they did, but I think Carolina was pretty much um, not playing in, until it got pretty close to that um, type of defense that they played and, and caused the kind of turnovers that they played uh, had in the uh, first half of that game. Did I think they was going to be 31 nothing? Absolutely not. But um, it didn't 
it didn't uh, surprise me because um, Carolina is, it's, I think, one of the best turnover teams defensive-wise in the league. I think they're plus over 20-something, 22, I think. So it didn't surprise me. Um, and uh, that's all I got to say on, on that. I, I, I didn't think Seattle was going to win that game. I know a lot of people favor Seattle, but uh, a lot of people are not respecting Carolina for what they've done up until this point. I can agree with that. Let's move on to the game that went to overtime. Very good game. No, it it sure shouldn't have. It sure shouldn't have. But Carson Palmer comes out struggling, looking a little shaky, but settles down. And the old man, Fitzgerald, wins the game for him. Now, um, Aaron Rodgers finds a receiver that actually wants to hold on to the ball. After throwing a pass to uh, Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb goes up, catches the ball, then it's ruled uh, that there was an issue with the the offensive line, I believe, holding or hands to the face or something like that. But on the play, Randall Cobb is injured, some type of chest contusion or something, and he's gone for the game. So that meant Devontae Adams had to become the number one. So let's look at it this way. Devontae Adams becomes number one but doesn't see a pass, at least not many passes, after Cobb goes down. But Jeff McManus, um, that dude balled out. He came in, caught pretty much everything thrown his way, and he was the recipient of both Hail Mary passes by Aaron Rodgers to send the game into overtime. Now, a lot of people say, well, the ball's moving. It hit the ground on the touchdown. The ref said he had control. There's nothing you can do mm-hmm. about it. You know, um, if I were a Packer fan, I'd be mad too, and I'd be saying all types of things, but the ref called it as it is. Um, but the game back and forth, back and forth was very good. Uh, McCarthy calling out Eddie Lacy on his weight. Okay, well, the guy also has a broken rib, and he played for you. So, to me, I'm like, all right, whatever, coach. I mean, if that's where you want to be, cool. When it's time to negotiate a new contract, I'll remember that. I'll just go somewhere else. Um, but that's just me. Now, really? Arizona, I'm just really? saying. I, really? I, I would because – the reason why is because Mike McCarthy calls him out specifically at his press conference. He not, he did not talk about Devontae Adams dropping all those passes all season long. He didn't talk about the poor Wait. offensive line play. He didn't. Wait he, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He he was talking about the overall play, and 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 this has a, correct uh, has a big. Um, was a big to do because of what the type what they wanted to do with the offense, just like they did last year when Eddie, Eddie Lacy finally got his act together and was running the football effectively and it made the um, offense of um, Green Bay. And I'm not talking 2014-15. I'm talking about 2014 season. Um, you know, he was he was a he was balling out. Well, Eddie Lacy came into 
training camp and throughout the whole year um, was way overweight. Um, what probably one of the biggest, in fact, he probably was the biggest um, running back um, this year. Uh, it was obvious he was way out of shape uh, and, and never got corrected the whole year. Uh, injuries were piling up on him, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been caused if he had been at a better weight, talking about his rib injury or his ankle or whatever, but it didn't help that he was slower uh, and and more liable to uh, not hit the hole and, and, and get any kind of uh, decent yardage because of his weight, um, which hindered the offense of the Green Bay Packers. No. Didn't help the offensive line and Aaron Rodgers in being able to effectively effectively throw the football. When you can't run the football, uh, look at the prior year when Eddie Lacy uh, and, and the running game of the um, Green Bay Packers wasn't effective. Aaron Rodgers was getting dumped. And I'm not talking 2014. I'm talking prior to that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why they wanted to get to run the football, and that's why they were pretty effective in 2014 versus last year, this past year, uh, because they had to pass because they couldn't run the football effectively. And Aaron Rodgers scrambling for his life and getting pounded. That's what happened this season. So they tried to get – Eddie Lacy was to what they wanted Jerry. to do on offense. Eddie Lacy was crucial to what they wanted to do on offense, and if he couldn't run the football effectively – uh, at the number one back, then they were hindered in, in being able to play offense the way what they wanted to. I'm just saying. But Jer, I'm just saying. I, I, I can understand your point. I disagree with your point because what happened when James Starks got in the game? James Starks was effective because they would give him uh, various run plays and various pass plays that he capitalized on. But James Starks fumbled the ball several times and got Mike McCarthy's doghouse. But James Starks was being effective, so you can't blame... Starks not the answer. He's not a number one back. I I understand that. Listen, listen, listen. I understand that. I understand that, but that's who they had. He had Lacey. but, But that's my point. Listen, listen. You shuffle around your offensive line all year long. But yet, and your quarterback is the most hit and sacked quarterback in the NFL just behind Russell Wilson and Big Ben. So Aaron Rodgers, the, one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the NFL, you cannot, blame, you cannot blame this on Eddie Lacy in a press conference when you're talking about the state of the team. He, he's not no, blaming Eddie Lacy. He said, but, but he, 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 he said Eddie but, Lacy needs to come no. in on weight. I got he that, but Jerry, 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 that's fine. But did he say that James Starks needs to stop fumbling the ball? Did he say we need to fix our offensive line? Did he say that a Stinson or, or, or a Stinson, I can't get his, his offensive lineman's name, is uh, only good at playing guard and I shouldn't have played him at tackle? Did, I mean, did he do any of that? No. He mentioned Eddie Lacy by name. He didn't say the run game needs to get better. He said Eddie Lacy needs to drop his weight. But Eddie Lacy or or James Starks at optimal uh, um, weight and optimal performance does not equal 
uh, offensive line that lets the quarterback get hit and killed all the time or does yeah, not open holes or does not open holes. Well, no. they, 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 the reason why they were shuffling offensive linemen because of injury to the offensive linemen. Plain exactly. and simple. The re- exactly. The re- that, that's the point. One of the, re- one, one of the reasons why they were ineffective in running the football because their number one running back was way no. out of shape. That has nothing. Listen, 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 listen. listen I'm, 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 I'm trying to explain it to you. I'm trying to explain well, you know, it to you. I've seen it. Eddie no. Lacy was slower to the hole. He was slower that, to that, the hole. It, it was, the holes weren't obvious. there. The holes oh. weren't there. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not debating that Eddie Lacy does not need to get in shape. I'm not debating that he does. But any back, any back, come in ten guaranteed. Dude, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. He can come in ten fifteen pounds lighter. But if there are no holes running or no uh, places to to move that ball, it won't matter. So, again, we can talk about how Eddie Lacy needed to drop weight and all that other stuff. We can talk about shuffling the offensive line. We can talk about your number one and number two receivers going down. We can talk about drop balls and all this other stuff. The fact is they made it to the uh, conference or the division uh, 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 round of the playoffs mm-hmm. and their offensive line was one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So couple mm-hmm. that with couple that with Eddie Lacy not being in, in optimal shape, couple that with all the drop passes and all that, Mike McCarthy should not call out Eddie Lacy. That's the only point or, or the biggest point I'm trying to make, that, yes, okay. Eddie Lacy need to be he in did. shape, but don't call out Eddie Lacy. Don't call him out when you have all these other issues going on with your offensive line and your quarterback and your receivers. Well, he, this way. he probably was asked a specific question about his running back, and he, uh, he answered that specific question, meaning that his, his running back, his number one back, needs to come in shape. Was an issue. I think he said it was an issue all year because he was not in shape, and be, being not in shape can contribute to getting various injuries. Not, it's not the catch all, the, the be all, but it can be contributing because you are not in football shape. So that's fine. If I, if I think if Eddie Lacy is in uh, not in shape, I think he's in a contract year. If I'm not sure, thinking so. Um, just a precursor to next year's rankings. Eddie Lacy's going to be a top five back. He's going to have a, uh, a redemptive type of year because I can guarantee he's going to come in shape to try to try to prove a point. Plus the fact is, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be in a contract year. So um, tell you tell you right now that uh, he's going to do a lot better than he did this year. He got a lot of, a lot more comfortable, and there was a lot of issues not a lot of issues, but there were some issues off the field. That also contributes. So I think he got a little too bit comfortable, and he just got a wake-up call from his coach at the end of the year. Now, I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was right. But it was a shot fired across the bow, Eddie Lacy. Come into shape next next season, or your job is definitely on the line. Well, that's fine. That's fine, but you don't need to do it like that. That's just my opinion. But, again – the Green Bay Packers put up a great fight 
and I, I truly believe the Cardinals are a team pushing for that Super Bowl. I, I honestly think they're going to win uh, this Sunday versus the Panthers. Um, last time, the reason why, and the reason why I'm going to say this, and we didn't talk much about the Cardinals because, um, again, I think they're a very complete team. Carson came out a little shaky. They adjusted course. They got the ball to the guy that is the guy. I'm talking about Larry Fitzgerald. And and this is scary. I'm going to tell you why it's scary. Because Larry Fitzgerald, while he was in high school and in college, had the opportunity to observe and learn from three very good receivers and a head coach in Denny Green, Jake Reed, Randy Moss, and Chris Carter. So let's let's examine this real quick. Larry has never been the guy to take the top off of a defense, but he can. If he gets the ball, he's just like Jerry Rice. He accelerates and he leaves you. He gets the first down like Jake Reed. He goes up and grabs jump balls like Randy Moss. And all he does is catch touchdowns like Chris Carter. So you have a trio of great players all rolled into one with Fitzgerald. And not to mention, Mr. Johnson, the rookie, is a pretty good running back. And I do believe that Chris Johnson comes back this week or next week. Uh, he's eligible to come off of um, next week. the next week. Okay. He's eligible so, for the Super Bowl. Okay, he's eligible for the Super Bowl. So that tells me, and I really believe this, I believe Carolina loses this game and Arizona goes to the Super Bowl. So you've got that power. you got new thunder and lightning. If you remember when CJ2K and, and – and uh, what's my man name? Um, not Blunt, but uh, USC Lindell guy. White. Yeah, Lindell White. They were thunder and lightning, and they were the talk of, of, of football. And I see that with Johnson and Johnson. Not the baby lotion, but this new Johnson and Johnson um, when he comes in for the Super Bowl. Now, let's examine how... Uh, Arizona. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Arizona's going to come? Well, what do you what do you think of that game before we we move on to the upcoming matchup? What do you think about that Green Bay Arizona game? Um, I think I, your assessment of what, what I thought about that game is is almost spot on. Um, Carson Palmer even admitted. Um, I'm talking about uh, Bruce Arians admitted that Carson Palmer was a little tight, tentative coming out. And uh, um, I think he got his bad game in the playoffs out of out of out of the um, out of the way. Panthers are four and five versus the Cardinals. Um, that's including playoffs. Um, I think the a lot of those players who've probably never been in that situation or for whatever reason were playing not to lose, including the coach versus Larry Fitzgerald, who was playing to win. He was like the only guy that really stood out. Uh, from the Cardinals that um, played aggressively. Uh, uh, it shouldn't have been that close, uh, and uh, but it was. Two Hail Marys, that, that, even one Hail Mary doesn't even work in most games. Two Hail Marys in one game is unheard of. So I think the Green Bay Packers were fortunate in um, some of the way the uh, plays went uh, for them. 
Uh, and I think the Cardinals uh, learned a valuable lesson that you don't play to lose. You play to win from start to finish and try not to let your opponents stay within the game um, uh, within the game, especially when you're playing at home, uh, especially when your defense is a lot better than the opposing team's defense and your offense, even though you're going against a a big-time quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and company, your offense is uh, uh, better with better uh, weapons in the backfield and um, wide receivers. Uh, I think they got their bad game out of the way, uh, and they're going against a lot better defense, so they better be able to be prepared uh, for colder conditions and a better defense to play against. Agreed, agreed. Now, um, I want to harken back to last year where Cam Newton had Kelvin Benjamin. He had Greg Olson. He had both D'Angelo and Jonathan Stewart hosting the Arizona Cardinals with their number three or maybe even number four quarterback. Now, to be fair, Josh Norman was not their starting DB. Roman Harper was not one of the starting safeties along with Coleman. But Arizona didn't have, they had Ted Ginn Jr. They didn't have uh, Johnson. They didn't have Carson Palmer. And that was a very, very tight game. Now, am I basing my prediction off of that game? Somewhat, yes. Somewhat, yes. I do believe that Arizona is going to come out and put something on uh, Carolina very much like Atlanta did in that one loss this year. Um, I believe Carson is going to be more uh, relaxed. John Brown has a chance to go deep on these guys. Uh, And there are a couple other uh, uh, key position battles that I think will prove to be better for Arizona. Okay, again, deep threat, not consistent. Greg Olson, okay, Greg's going to get his touches. He's going to get them. Um, How many? I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Stewart kind of hurt a little bit, you know, after that Seattle game. So I don't count on him to do much. But at the same time, I look at who's going to stop Cam Newton. The White Freeney can get to him, but can he bring him down? Kalias Campbell can get to him. I know Kalias can bring him down, but can he chase him down? Because I, I honestly believe this is going to be one of those games where you're going to see the old Cam run first, pass second. And because Devin Funches hasn't developed, because Jericho Cotri is so much older, and because I don't think Ted again is consistent enough, Cam's well, you know, I got to do it on my own. I got to be a one-man band right now. And that's going to cause them to lose this game. Um, 
I think Cam and and company are on the rise. They get Kelvin Benjamin back next year. Greg's a little older, um, but Cam's more mature. But I don't think this year's theirs. Now, we can look at the other side of, of the defense for uh, Panthers. They've got a statue they can tackle in Carson Palmer. And I believe Short is going to come after him. I believe Kukli is going to come after him. The reason why I say this is because Jermaine Gresham and the tight end core for Arizona is pretty non-existent. Kukli's going to be on a lot of tackles because Johnson's going to have the ball, but will Johnson be catching the ball out the backfield more or will he be running the ball? Andre Ellington, he actually is going to be my sleeper pick for this team and this game. I honestly think so. Uh, but I think it's going to be a very close game, just like the last one last year, except uh, Arizona comes out on top and heads to the Super Bowl. Your thoughts real quick, JT. Um, two teams that mirror each other. Um, very good uh, very good on offense, regardless of what the limitations people say that the Carolina Panthers have. And they play extremely good physical defense. The uh, Arizona Cardinals have smaller linebackers. So I expect the Carolina Panthers, whose forte is running the football, whether it's Cam Newton or Jonathan Stewart, are going to try to, quite naturally, what they do best is run the football and then take shots down the field when it's warranted. Um, I also see this game close, um, and it's scary. And I said it earlier, this is scary, Victor, for the simple reason we agree on something twice. You like, and I, I like the Cardinals in this. You know I'm partial to Carson Palmer anyway, but I really believe that he's going to play better. And the 15-1 and uh, Carolina Panthers have a strong shot as a home favorite to go down and see the Cardinals with Carson Palmer and company move on to the uh, Super Bowl 50. That's how, that's how I feel. Um, I think uh, um, there's more playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that's going to offset the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball of Carolina. Um, and I think um, the Cardinals uh, make, the, make the plays um, to, to uh, move forward. All right, so that means we both have Denver and Arizona Super Bowl. Uh, we're again next week. We'll probably revise this, but who do you have winning the Super Bowl if both our teams uh, advance? Uh, prolific offense versus a prolific defense, or a very good defense. We've seen this story before uh, over the last two or three Super Bowls at least. And the, the team with the best defense has come through with the exception of probably the uh, Patriots who had a better offense versus a defense. Uh, well, not yeah, versus a defense in, in Seattle. Even though Seattle sort of won that game. So um, I would have to say this. The most complete team that I see, if it's De- Denver and Arizona, would be Arizona. Um, I think they got more playmakers, um, that more reliable playmakers. Um, 
then the Denver Broncos. And uh, that's who I think if both of those teams match up against each other, I see Arizona coming home. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get to this. Um, my dog is whining a little bit. I'm going to go over my top 10 IDP linebackers. Uh, but first, before I do that, I need you to do a recap of your top 10 running backs. And we already know they suck, but it's okay. So uh, go ahead and take it away while I get my whining dog. Um, I wish you had told me about this before. Jeez. Jeez. Um, um, hold on a minute here. Let me just get back to uh, that website to see how I made out here. Um, ESPN. Bear with me. Spot on radios. Oh, God. Let's just say this. Um, if you look at my top 10 running backs, I think I only had maybe two out of the top 10, if that. Um, let me just get there. Don't worry. There. If, if, you, if you can't get there, I'll go with my linebackers. Well, I was right. <laughs> I just want to say that. Uh, Luke Coochley or Keekley, item ranked number one. No question, number one. Levante David, number two. Ended up being number, uh, I think, two or three. Now, here's the one that I kind of messed up on, but. The gentleman uh, missed most of the season due to injury. Vontez Burfitt. He's a hothead, but he can play football. And he knows how to uh, tackle. He ended up outside of the top um, 50. And I believe that is due to all the injuries that he had. Uh, number four, I had Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson ended up being number 11 overall. Um but, again, he's coming off of an ACL injury that took him out all last year. C.J. Mosley had a number five. C.J. Mosley ended up number five. Number six, Bobby Wagner. Um, he ended up in the top ten, but not at number six. Alec Ogletree, he was on pace to be a top three before he was injured. Uh, in the season. Uh, number eight, well, I was on a long shot with this one, and uh, Kiko Alonzo was my guy, but Kendrick uh, and another rookie stepped in and took his spot, especially when he got injured. And even when he came back, he couldn't get back on the field. Navarro Bowman at number nine. Uh, Navarro did not end end up in the top fifteen. I believe he ended up at number like twenty or whatever the case may be, but um, still. Respectable. My number 10, Paul Puzlesny. Paul did end up in the top 10. I think he ended up at like number seven. Um, my honorable mentions, I had Paul Warlow, uh, DeAndre Levy, Michael Kendricks, who actually ended up in a higher ranking, Curtis Lofton, Sean Lee, and Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr had a very good year. Um, not a top 10 guy, but a very good year. Sean Lee, also a very good year, but not a top 10 guy. 
uh, Michael Kendrick ended up being a top 10 guy. Um, you told me I should have had De- uh, DeAndre Levy in my top 10. Nah. I said no. I was right. Uh, Paul Warlow. Um, he ended up being just outside of the top 20. Uh, but he was a very noteworthy person. But for the most part, for the very most part of my uh, rankings, I was, uh, I'm not going to say spot on, but I was extremely accurate in my predictions of my uh, top 10 IDP linebackers and my honorable mentions. All right, buddy, let, let's let's hit it. What you got? All right. <clears throat> I had the... Uh, um... My top ten were DeMarco Murray, top number one, Eddie Lacy, number two, Le'Veon Bell, quite naturally, uh, three, Mar- Marshawn Lynch, four, Jamal Charles, five, C.J. Anderson, six, Adrian Peterson, seven, Jeremy Hill, eight, LaShawn McCoy, nine, and Arian Foster, number ten. Out of those and top none ten, of them, none of them ended up in the top ten. Well, you're wrong about that. You okay. are wrong about Okay, go ahead. I had Adrian Peterson at number seven, and he okay, had to wind up. Wait a minute. Number one. Is this me or is this you? I'm just saying. All your players you, are on IR. You, you want to you gloat? Do you want to let me finish my point? Finish your point, I mean, then I'll you, gloat. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. I had one to ten. I, I told you what one to ten was, and and out of the top ten that I had listed, um, only Adrian Peterson, who had it at number seven, came within uh, um, my top ten, and he wound up. And this is according to, and I said it uh, last week uh, on my master plan, which is ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday morning. Um, he wound up number two. This is in standard. He wound up number two. Now. Quite naturally, and it happens. It happens with players. Jordy Melson was in the top ten, uh, if I'm not mistaken, of my wide receivers. And quite naturally, he didn't finish anywhere near that because he had an injury. Well, uh, we had Le'Veon Bell. We had Marshawn Lynch. Had Jamal Charles. Had LaShawn McCoy. And we had Arian, which is, uh, in my by my count, one, two, three, uh, four, five out of the top ten, either uh, hurt sometime during the season and never came back, or hurt in the season and never came back. Um, and you can't account for injuries quite naturally. I'm not making any any excuses for that, but I'm just saying you can't account for any injuries. Sounds and, like it. Well, no, no, you can't account for injuries. If I could account for injuries, I would, definitely wouldn't have had those guys in the top ten. But um, I did one of these. I, I, I had a cautionary tale, and that was my number ten. I said he was 29 years old, a lot of touches. This could be his decline. I was right about that. Now, if you notice, Mr. FSP, um, in any of my leagues, when I had an opportunity to draft him, I did not draft him, and I had said it prior to the season. I had a feeling about this about this player. Um, uh, being in, in somewhat of a decline or, or having issues and may not being as uh, good as he was in the past. And I had championed this guy a long time before anybody else did. And I'm talking about Jamal Charles. Um, and quite naturally, 
he didn't have a good season. He got hurt, and, and um, he disappointed a lot of players. Um, I mean, players in fantasy. Um, I'm going to have uh, uh, at least one or two other guys come next season that I have a feeling about. Uh, it may pan out, it may not, but I have a really strong feeling about a few players here that uh, some people are probably going to draft in the top ten and not pan out um, because of um, – being up there in age, whether it's in age or whether it's in where. Um, but it is what it is. Top 10, I had uh, over the, over uh, five of the top 10 players didn't wind up in the top 10. Just like I said last week on my master plan, I'll say it again today, that goose say about that it, again. I blew it. Say that again. Say that again. I blew it. I blew it, okay? Uh, a, lot of these came, right. a lot of these guys – out, but they're running backs, so they they get pounded a lot more than uh, quarterbacks. They get pounded a lot more than uh, wide receivers because uh, it, uh, it's the nature of the position. So try to do the best you can, uh, but I can guarantee you at least a, a couple of these, if not more, will have strong seasons next year, and they will they will be uh, back in the top ten. Uh, and some of these some of these guys. Um, are going to be sleepers and make a huge contribution next year due to changing either coaching changes or coming back from injury. I can promise right. you that. Okay. Well, we've got the summer to talk about it. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I know we got a few minutes left, but i got to get some rest. And I, I'm noticing on CNN right now, that New York, New Jersey, and Ventnor, New Jersey, to be specific, specific uh, flooding has taken over, and a lot of the bridges have been closed down. All of the New York City bridges have been closed. Not sure if any um, Jersey bridges have been closed yet, but... Uh, I'm, like, I'm not moving anyway. I, I see, and I see, like, feet of water going through the streets of Jersey, not inches, feet. So uh, be careful, JT. And uh, people that don't believe in global warming, I think this is a little bit of Arctic wind and Arctic weather uh, yeah, that you're experiencing. So, yeah. Glo yeah, global warming is real. My son told me something earlier today. He said by 2030, uh, most of the Arctic, and not Antarctica, but the North Pole, would be melted. And guess where all that ice and snow and water is going to go? Got to go somewhere. And, yeah, it's going to hurt Canada, even though they're used to the cold weather. And it's going to come down here to the United States where we don't know jack about, you know, dealing with all this heavy, bad weather. So just be careful, JT, you and Jeff and, and Black. Y'all be careful over there and, and doing that stuff and moving about, all right? With that being said, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we plan to discuss the matchup of matchups, the Super Bowl. Also, also, 50. yeah, Super Bowl 50. I have a special treat. Well, I would like to do this against Jerry. Seeing as though the NFL has gone the fantasy football route. It's going to be Jerry Rice versus Michael Irvin to determine who is going to be on what team. 
I challenge Jerry to a Pro Bowl draft next week. Just the skill positions, offense and defense, no linemen or nothing like that. So J.J. Watt is not getting picked. Um, but I challenge you to a Pro Bowl draft to see who can form the best team. And we'll, we'll, we'll use a, a randomizer to see who gets the first pick. And how do you propose to um... – what kind? I mean, what, you you want to do this through through one of the um, DFS? No, live. On, no, 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 live on air. You get a list. It's not that many Pro Bowl players. Let's get a list of the Pro Bowl players, and we'll just draft all the skill positions. And how do you plan on scoring? Who gets the best out of this? I understand the, the format based here. upon based upon what they actually do in the game. So use our our scoring system. Use our our, our scoring. System. You got to do it by hand. That that's all. Just got to do it by hand. Uh, uh. Well, why don't we make this interesting then? Why don't we put it uh, to a head to head in one of the uh, sites? If that's the case, do it. You set it up. You set it up, and let's do it. Uh, why you you the one proposed it and you want me to set it up? <laughs> well, you want to do it on the site. I I just want to do it on the show, but you want to do it on the site. So okay, we'll see. <laughs> um, I, I, I well, I mean, I've never done it before, so I, I got to see how how to set it up. So that's not a problem. So I never set up a head to head that we can um uh do it on, but I'm pretty sure it's it's possible. Um, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be in touch. It's, it's a week from today, so um, we'll, we can we can do that. A week from tomorrow, I should say. I think it's this Sunday. If I'm not mistaken. And it's next Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, no problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, JT, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Tune in tomorrow. Um, we'll talk more about the two matchups plus. Um, Breaking down my uh, rankings of the tight ends, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the master plan. And I will tell you, tight ends, did, they were probably your best performing this year, your tight end predictions. 